Trade in Ancient Greece. Written by Mark Cartwright and read by James Lloyd. Trade was a fundamental aspect of the ancient Greek world, and following territorial expansion, increase in population movements and innovations in transport, goods could be brought, sold and exchanged in one part of the Mediterranean which had their origin in a completely different and far distant part of the world. Food, raw materials and manufactured goods were not only made available to Greeks for the first time, but the export of such classics as wine, olives and pottery helped to spread Greek culture to the wider world. From local to international trade. In Greece and the wider Aegean, local, regional and international trade exchange existed from Minoan and Mycenaean times in the Bronze Age. The presence, in particular, of pottery and precious goods such as gold, copper and ivory, found far from their place of production, attests to the exchange network which existed between Egypt, Asia Minor, the Greek mainland and islands such as Crete, Cyprus and the Cyclades. Trade lessened, and perhaps almost disappeared, when these civilizations declined, and during the so-called Dark Ages, from the 11th to 8th centuries BCE, international trade in the Mediterranean was principally carried out by the Phoenicians. The earliest Greek literary sources of Homer and Hesiod attest to the existence of trade, known as emporia, and merchants, emporoi, from the 8th century BCE, and it's from these words that we get words such as emporia in modern English. However, Homer and Hesiod often present the activity of trading as unsuitable for the ruling and landed aristocracy. Nevertheless, international trade grew from around 750 BCE, and contacts spread across the Mediterranean, driven by social and political factors, such as population movements, colonisation, especially in Magna Graecia, interstate alliances, the spread of coinage, the gradual standardisation of measurements, warfare, and safer seas following the determination to eradicate piracy. From 600 BCE, trade was greatly facilitated by the construction of specialised merchant ships and the Diolkos hallway across the Isthmus of Corinth. Special permanent trading places, emporia, where merchants of different nationalities met to trade sprang up in various locations, such as at Almina on the Orontes River in modern Turkey, Ischia Pithecusae off the coast of modern Naples, Naucratis in Egypt and Gravisca in Aturia. From the 5th century BCE, Athens' port of Piraeus became the most important trading centre in the Mediterranean and gained a reputation as the place to find any type of goods on the market. Traded Goods Goods which were traded within Greece between different city-states included cereals, wine, olives, figs, pulses, eels, cheese, honey, meat, especially that from sheep and goats, tools such as knives, scissors and other sorts of things, perfumes and fine pottery, especially Attic and Corinthian wares. Fine Greek pottery was also in great demand abroad, and examples have been found as far afield as the Atlantic coast off Africa. Other Greek exports included wine, especially that from the Aegean islands like Mende and Kos. There was also bronze work, olives and olive oil, 
transported like the wine in Amphorae, Emery from Delos hides from Euboea, marble from Athens and Naxos, and ruddle, a type of waterproofing material for ships, from Chios. The goods available at marketplaces, the agora, or the agorai in the plural, of major urban centres which were imported from outside Greece, included wheat and slaves from Egypt, grain from the Black Sea, especially via Byzantium, and salt fish from the Black Sea too. Wood, especially for shipbuilding, came from Macedonia and Thrace. And there was also papyrus, textiles, luxury food such as spices, glass, and metals such as iron, copper, tin, gold, and even silver. Trade incentives and protection. Maritime loans enabled traders to pay for their cargoes, and the loan did not have to be repaid if the ship failed to reach safely its port of destination. To compensate the lender for this risk, interest rates, known as the Nauticos Tokos, could be as high as 12.5% to something like 30%, and the ship was often the security on the loan. The involvement of the state in trade, however, was relatively limited. Nonetheless, a notable exception was in the case of grain. For example, so vital was grain to feed Athens' large population, and especially valuable in times of drought and war, trade in wheat was controlled and purchased by a special grain buyer, the Sitones. From around 470 BCE, the obstruction of the import of grain was prohibited, as was the re-exportation of it. For offenders, the punishment was the death penalty. Market officials, agoronomoi, ensured the quality of goods on sale in the markets, and grain had its own supervisors, the sitophilakes, who regulated that prices and quantities were correct. Besides taxes on the movement of goods, such as road taxes, or, as we know from Chalcedon, a 10% transit charge on Black Sea traffic payable to Athens, and levies on imports and exports at ports, there were also measures taken to protect trade. For example, Athens taxed those citizens who contracted loans on grain cargo which did not deliver to Athens' port at Piraeus, or those merchants who failed to unload a certain percentage of their cargo in Athens. Special maritime courts were also established to tempt traders to choose Athens as their trading partner, and private banks could facilitate currency exchange and safeguard deposits. Similar trading incentives existed on Thassos, a major trading centre and large exporter of high-quality wine. With the decline of the Greek city-states in the late Classical period, international trade moved elsewhere. Nevertheless, many Greek cities would continue to be important trading centres in Hellenistic and Roman times, especially Athens and the free trade ports of Delos and Rhodes. <laughs>